Today, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 92 of the Genesis Gems podcast. And on this episode, we will be covering the Mighty Max, the mightiest, mightiest of all games, Mighty Max, the adventures <laughs> of Mighty Max. <laughs> oh, I'm one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Aaron. Hey, everybody. Hey, Aaron. And we have a special guest who has a... Kind of already covered this game. Um, kind of an inspiration for us to cover it as well. But uh, we'd like to introduce to him now. Uh, uh, who do we got on here? Uh, you got me. It's me. <laughs> it's me. I recognize that voice. It's a me. No, it's it's <laughs> Phil, the Nosework Gamer, and I, I'm uh, very happy that you guys uh, joined me. And by the way, when Nick said special, he used air quotes. Special guest. So special. thank you very much. That made me feel nice and warm and fuzzy. And it was so special <laughs> that I remember. <laughs> Just the small memory uh, before we get into the actual game. I remember Phil uh, specifically putting this in a Retro Chunkies box, this game. Um, And I fished it out. I don't think I had played it. (laughs) And I made the mistake of pulling it out and playing it. And um, the rest is history. And then I put it back in another box. And someone else, (laughs) if you are a listener who ended up with the game, let us know. That would be hilarious. Like, yeah, I got it out of a retro junk box. I think that's the one. That would be hilarious to track. Wouldn't it be fascinating to find out what happened to your old car- old uh, cartridges? I think that would be really interesting. I mean, when, like, people do those dollar bill trackers, right? And they put a, a little watermark or something so you can figure out who's who's gotten it. That would be great. Or, like, the Santa tracker. Come you on, like do that. <laughs> yeah, have, like, a little QR code on the back of your, your retro game. See, my, my copy looks like it was almost brand new without the seal on it. You can tell no one ever read the book or even tried to play the game, so it must have been that bad. <laughs> yeah, I even got the comic book and everything in mine. And if you'd like to connect with us, you catch us on the BitBrothers Network at patreon.com slash bitbros, where we sometimes release content. Uh, we uh, are, I think you guys did one without me last month because I just yeah. uh, had, some family, had some family sickness and stuff, so uh, go check that out. I did listen to that. That was good stuff but uh, you can check us out there you can join our group at facebook.com slash groups slash bitbrothers uh, check us out on our website at bitbrosnetwork.com the genesisgenspodcast.com is getting ready to shut down so that's history um, so you will not be able to go there after GoDaddy decides uh, the bill I paid last will uh, expire so there you go but uh, also you can send us an email if you'd like uh, we love emails we love reading them on the show uh, send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems. And we are on all uh, listening platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, all that fun stuff. So um, I guess we can just jump right into our uh, first segment of the show. Uh, we like to get away from the game that we're going to be talking about a little bit and go right into kind of the other games we've been playing in our life. And we call this Sega Snippets. Tap one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. Um, I guess I'll go since I'm talking and I've got the mic in my hand. But uh, uh, Sega Snippets. As far as uh, Sega games go, and then I'll kind of go into some uh, other games I've been playing. Um, I've been playing a lot of Streets of Rage 4 with my youngest son. We uh, had a few days off from school and uh, work because of the, the COVID quarantines. You know how that works. But uh, we, we sat on the couch and played Streets of Rage 4 for a few hours the other day. So that was fun. I guess it's not officially you know like a Sega licensed game, but uh, when you think Streets of Rage, you think of Sega. So that's kind of our uh, our big thing for Sega. But uh, other than that, I've been playing uh, the PS5 game, Tales of Arise. It's a, it's a fun JRPG. A lot of hack and slash in that I- and uh, I've never actually played that trend with this one. I'm about three hours in, and I am still motivated to play it. So, uh, so that's a good one. But uh, other than that, it's just been you know typical 
kind of games. My, my uh, oldest loves playing Madden and the NBA, so we play those games a lot. Uh, the show, we're big baseball fans at my house, so we're always playing some type of sports game at my house. But uh, but really, that's that's what's been taking up my time. A lot of Tales of Arise. Uh, I really wanted to dive into a big RPG this year, so kind of started the year off uh, in the right way with that. But uh, what, what have you guys been playing? Uh, I heard, yeah, well, I, uh, first of all, I heard good things about Tales of Arise. Uh, heard that it, it was, I don't know, after some Tales games that were kind of middle of the road, that that one was surprisingly good. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'll tell you, what, like, the actual art style of it, like, they have cutscenes that are like anime cartoons. I think the actual graphics look better than the anime cutscenes. It's kind of funny how that how that all transition, because you're you're playing this beautiful game on PS5 and all of a sudden it switches over to a cartoon anime, which I'm not the biggest fan of anime, so that may be just my preference. But uh, but that kind of is weird. And the only other gripe I have about it is uh, R R1 is your primary attack, and I hate. <laughs> I know uh, Horizon does that and God of War does that, and I cannot oh, stand man. when when R one's your your primary attack. But uh, other than that, the game's great. Yeah, yeah very it, uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, and I, I know you can maybe you can remap that. Uh, I, I know in the Sony console new, newest ones, there's some way you can remap stuff. But uh, in terms of games I've been playing, uh, funny you mentioned Streets of Rage four because uh, my best buddy Jesse uh, grabbed the DLC for that. So we were playing that new Nightmare mode, uh, Mr. Nightmare, oh, nice. and that was really enjoyable. It sort of makes it into one of those things where uh, it's like an arena thing where you have one health bar, um, and once you lose enough lives uh, or, or lose your life, basically the other person has to resuscitate you, and, and each time you beat around, there's a choice of two power-ups and um, they give you different stat buffs or bonuses, and you kind of have to choose wisely, or they can give you like a special weapon, um, or you get, you know, extra fire damage or shock damage. And it makes it really fun. And then each time you play it, it's slightly different. Um, and yeah, we got to about 12 or 13 rounds before the game just totally destroyed us by throwing <laughs> a bazillion enemies on screen uh so we did that and then um jesse also he'd gotten a copy of double dragon 4 which i never played um not super double dragon but double dragon 4 um the one that arc systems released here a couple years back and i'd kind of heard that it just wasn't that great and we tried it out and sure enough i had fun it was it, it was fun. It was decent, but it felt like it was even a step back from Double Dragon 2. Like, it was trying to be Double Dragon 2, and then they added in, you know, moves from different Double Dragon games, yeah. which I thought, that that's great. But the level designs were just very lacking, and everything was had a kind of cut-and-paste flash feel to it. Yeah. To me, I was, and, I was the same. I thought it was fun. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as good as like we're talking Street Rage Four or something, but I had I, fun with it. Yeah, uh, and and you know, I I was glad just to see another Double Dragon game, but man, um, <laughs> I could have done with I don't know beat 'em ups and platforming don't always mix that well, and the <laughs> the the platforming in Double Dragon Two was never that great, and then they threw in the exact same type of platforming. With disappearing platforms and stuff, uh, and, and that just—it was just kind of 
kind of frustrating. Um, and the fact that the graphics are kind of a hodgepodge uh, of 8-bit and otherwise. And then the, I don't know, man, the the music, I was just like, okay, they're, they're giving this like an 8-bit plus style to it. And then the music doesn't match up with that. And, you know, it's like I make chip to and I know what NES music sounds like. I know what it's supposed to sound like. It doesn't sound like what it sounds like in that game. Um, but, you know, I, what Jesse also said uh, was, you know what? This game is for a very specific type of person who might just want a nostalgia trip. And then we both kind of agreed that, you know, like Streets of Rage 4 probably had a much longer development cycle. Um, and, you know, just <laughs> it's obvious it, it was just a better better made game that had more time in the oven yeah uh did you so yeah. and, and not not to interrupt you but did yeah. you see uh the new ninja turtles beat em up they're gonna be releasing same guys that made streets rage 4 right dot mu i yeah, think M-U, is yeah. well i think it was the same publisher i don't know if it's the same gotcha. developer but uh it does look pretty good so i'm excited about that yeah me too Sorry, what about you, Phil? That's all right. That's okay. What about you, Phil? Well, um, recently on my YouTube channel, I did a comparison video where I compared Altered Beast on the Genesis and the Master System. Uh, I don't know if you guys were like this, but back back in the day when I had a Genesis and they would have games that were on the Genesis also on the Master System, I'd always wonder, you know, how it compares. Uh, you know, whether whether it be Altered Beast. Or whether it be another game like, um, I know they did Buster Douglas Boxing and, and the different Sonic the Hedgehogs and whatnot. So I did that recently. I've been streaming. I actually streamed Mighty Max a few nights, uh, much to the chagrin of my viewers. They said, one person actually said, can we change the game, please? And I said, no, I'm, I'm afraid I got to do this. Uh, so I did do that. And then I, I started a Discord server not too long ago. And one of the things we do over there is a high score challenge where if someone wins the high score challenge, they get to pick a game in the for a future one. And one of my viewers picked Space Harrier 2 for the Genesis. And I'll tell you, that's a, sol- that's a solid uh, early lo- uh, game for the system. Underrated. That's one of those games that people don't really talk about that much. But I think it's actually, I think it does a good job with the graphics and the scaling and the music and the creative enemies. I thought that was a fun thing to do. So, yeah, I've been playing some of that as well. Awesome. Uh, I, I Man, you were talking about the... Yeah, Space Harrier 2, um, I, I just had this memory pop up where a kid down the street had a copy of that game, and I think I traded him. It was a copy of Who Framed Ro- Roger Rabbit on NES <laughs> and a copy of 1942, and I'm pretty sure I got the better end of the deal. I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> I played, uh, last time I played any of the Space Harrier games was on uh, Yakuza. I went into one of the arcades and uh, played some Space Harrier <laughs> Oh, that's the arcade one. That's fantastic. You get the the full experience. (laughs) Uh, And then, Phil, you were talking about the comparison between uh, Sega Genesis games and the Sega Master System counterparts. And the most interesting one I could think about was uh, the Mickey Mouse one. And I didn't know this until years later, uh, but Castle of Illusion on Master System is just a completely different game. Yeah, I uh, think Sonic is the same way too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and sometimes they would just do ports. You know, they would just try to port it down or whatever. But that's what you know when you go to Toys R Us and you only have so much money. And I had a power base converter. Sometimes I'd look at those games. I'm like, is it worth my hard-earned money to get the same <laughs> game or not? 
And in some cases it would have been, I think I would have really enjoyed having Sonic. I kind of wish I did. Cause now the American version is worth a bundle. Of a money. lot. Yeah. It's worth, and the only thing different about it is the UPC sticker they put over it, but that, that one. So I might get a European copy of that someday. Yeah. I don't think there's any, uh, I think it would work on your system without issue. Yeah, most Master System games uh, from the, not all, but most of them from like Europe and stuff, they'll work just fine. And apparently Sonic the Hedgehog was the same exact game, same box, same manual. The only thing they did different, <laughs> they put that UPC sticker over it. So that UPC sticker is worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars. <laughs> For a <laughs> sticker, that's great. I love that. Um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about other games that were ports they were just like just choppy right like they looked great in screenshots like if you looked at golden axe um or um, altered beast altered beast yeah just choppy looked great the sprites were huge but you tried playing it it was just kind of kind of a mess i do want to try streets of rage speaking of streets of rage and beat-em-ups i want to try the master system version one day I've actually heard it's not that bad. It, it's not bad. I, I, I actually, I played that quite a bit because I, I love Streets of Rage. And I'm kind of like you. I wanted to see how it felt on and, a different uh, system ported. And that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Ghouls and Ghosts is actually a little different on Master System. Oh, wow. They changed it up to where there's a shop you can go into, um, <laughs> which was definitely not in the original or in the Sega version. So that Or the Sega Genesis version. So that one's worth checking out also. To like let you buy like armor upgrades or something? Yeah, you could choose an upgrade. And I think it was, um, yeah, it was like an armor upgrade or a weapon upgrade. Okay. Tried to not make it so difficult to beat. <laughs> right. Or give a <laughs> uh, give you a little bit like they would do on the NES, right? Where you'd kind of get a game where they added in light RPG touches like Strider or something like that. Um, yeah. Which is kind of something that capcom did a lot around that time got you oh i did buy the uh i don't say buy i subscribed to that nintendo switch online service the new one yeah that has the yeah that that's okay i don't did I don't you know that. get the did you get the one with the n64 and sega Genesis yeah. games did you get yeah, want, um did you get a japanese account no i didn't do that okay i, 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 just, I heard about that though. yeah i just did that and that'll give you access to all of the you know, there, there's some games on the Japanese version that won't show up um, on the American counterpart. That's like the uh, Genesis Mini, right? Yeah. Because the Genesis Mini had uh, different regions where I'm actually thinking about getting more of the Asian Genesis Minis that have oh, some doesn't other matter. games. It doesn't matter. On, on that one, it has all of the, the ROMs on it. So all you have to do is you go into the settings in really? Genesis Mini, yeah. You oh, just go in awesome. there and change it to Japan, and suddenly you've got all the Japanese boxes, Seriously. and you've got any of the games on there that uh, aren't in the U.S. version. Man, being on the podcast just paid for itself. That's awesome. Because <laughs> I have the Genesis Mini. It's one of those things. I don't know if it's because of, you know, uh, you know I'm a dad, I'm busy, I and I'm a YouTuber, and so I constantly get stuff I want to cover and play. But even before I did that stuff, I'd constantly, you know, backlogs, right? You get yep. stuff that you mean to play, and then they would just sit in the box. And my Genesis Mini is still sitting in the box. 
just because I have the real thing out and I haven't been inspired to hook it up yet. But I might try that out because I was seriously looking at one of those because uh, I think there was three different models. Like there was an yeah. Asian and a Korean one or something like that. Uh, so I was actually, when I looked at the one, I was like, oh, they got Moosh on that one or alien soldier might be on one of them or, or something. I'm not sure. It's on uh, all, it's, it's on all of them. But the biggest thing I think is, um, you get mean bean machine in the U S but then you get Poi Poi two, um, or, you know, you get the, the game it was based on, right. uh, that it was kind of a ROM hack of in the Japanese one and, and a few differences like that. I'll have to try that out. Yeah. And and the one other thing I did want to say about the uh, Switch version of the Genesis, like I have the Genesis collection on the Switch, like the actual game, but um, I don't know if you played that, Aaron, or uh, uh, but it's like it takes forever for that to load up. I like how simple the Nintendo, uh, like NES and Super Nintendo, were to just kind of open up and play a game. It's like real quick because usually when I'm playing those, I don't have a lot of time, so it was kind of nice to have that boot up uh, the way the Genesis did. So that and I wanted to play. Um, the Paper Mario game on Nintendo oh, 64. Oh yeah, I never got to play that one, and I love Paper Mario games. So that'll be a that'll be. So a fun what one what do you think of it so far? You think the uh, for both the Genesis and the 64, you think the emulation's pretty good? I, so far, yeah, I, I think so. I, I did play a lot of Musha because I haven't really dove in, I haven't really played a lot of that game. I know you just mentioned that, so that was kind of fun to. I put a good hour into that game uh, one day, just sitting on my couch. But uh, so far, it's just, everything seems pretty good. And I haven't had it hooked up to like a TV to really get the the sound or had headphones in. But um, yeah, it seems you know, it's very serviceable. I was a little worried about the price. I know that was kind of a big deal too. Um, my uh, I had the family subscription for my Switch because my boys both have their own Switch, and uh, it had expired. And then I realized all their plans Fortnite. I don't even need the subscription, so I canceled their stuff. And then I. Myself to the 64 the Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy needs his games. It's Daddy's turn. Oh yeah, and they, they didn't even so know. Like that, that, that's that's all they play. They play because if they're not playing Fortnite on the Switch, they're playing games with me. So, oh, one other thing, real yes. quick. I, I wrote this down. I think I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the last show or not, Aaron. But uh, did I, did I mention I started Kingdom Hearts again for like the third time? You did. And uh, okay. how was the jank? Was it? manageable because like my yes. wife was complaining about trying to play final fantasy 10 and she was like why can't i move the camera because <laughs> well, like I the turned... only only rpg she played were ones where you could move the camera well once I, I i fiddled with the camera like i turned i can't remember i either turned the auto on or off i can't remember but once i did that i i i, I couldn't put the game down i actually beat kingdom hearts one and two so i <laughs> It's kind of a funny story because I literally started Kingdom Hearts one probably three times and I actually beat it this time. So and then I oh, dr- nice. dove directly into Kingdom Hearts two right before Christmas and I, and I beat that too. So I bought the third one. It's still in the package. I haven't even touched it yet. But uh, good luck so. with that story. I I've heard it's <laughs> so. <laughs> I tried playing the what's the one in between one and two? It's like the Chain of Memories. Are like, you chain of memories? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't even like I I ended up just watching the uh, the cutscenes on youtube because i just that, that battle system just completely lost me so yeah the the, the story is very convoluted I, I like it i mean it's it's interesting but it's it's like who's this guy where'd this guy come from what's you know it's the most I, anime thing i could think of that's yeah. I mean, not an anime yeah it hey, con- know, oh i'm sorry let me you finish your thing and then i wanted to pick up something before i forget 
Oh, sure. It, I, I just I would constantly hit the pause button on, on some of the cutscenes and go walk to my computer and Google, who is this guy? And I'd read a backstory on him. Like, OK, cool. And I go back and watch the game. Yeah, something else I've been doing um, that I forgot to mention. I, I don't know why, but I got the bug where I want to collect all the black box Genesis games. The ones that came in the plastic uh, clamshell and have the black grid on the back, oh, like yeah. the first run games. Like I'm, ne- I'm not a big collector, but for some reason that that brings nostalgia to me. Like that brings the Toys <laughs> R Us days. So I'm going after all the first party games. I started that a few months ago, and I forget there's less than a hundred games, and I think I'm about two thirds of the way there. And these but have better I, boxes. <laughs> well, I, I did anybody else hate when they went to the red cardboard? Like, oh that, yeah. That, I mean, it disintegrated way too easily. And I like I like that clamshell, and I like that black grid box look. And so I start collecting those. And let me first say, man, game prices have really skyrocketed. Yeah, they have. A lot of those games, if you want it in the box, you're looking at 50 bucks or more, you know, depending on the title. But I also discovered something, too, and I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, you know, they, they would re-release games, like under the Sega Classics label or whatever. Like there was... um the blue boxes for a while. And then they had the mega hits and the Sega classics and the red box. Did you know that in the late nineties, they re-released some of those black box games with the ESRB labels on them? I know Sonic had one. Sonic that's the only one after, I could recall. Yeah. After burner two had one and it's like awkwardly placed on the, on the label <laughs> art. It's like, like they didn't know where to put it and they just like threw it somewhere. Uh, there's like, I think columns might've been one. I'm not sure, but there was like, I, I, I was fascinated. I was like, I didn't realize they released about five or six. I don't know how many, it wasn't a lot, but I'm like, they went from cardboard back to the black boxes for a few games and even through the ESRB thing on them. And collectors actually will pay a little bit more for those. That's what I was wondering. Like, are, did the, those, so those actually cost more because there was probably less inventory out there. Yeah. The, they'll cost them like, um, like afterburner two. It's like 20 bucks complete if it's not, but maybe 25, 30 bucks with that ESRB on it. And something else I discovered is that the original Sonic the Hedgehog that does not say not for resale is actually worth some money now, which I didn't realize. I was like, oh, I've read that. I, uh, yeah, same thing because I was going through my collection because I was on price charting and I had two or three games that I haven't played in a long time that I sold for like 70 or $80 on eBay (laughs) because I had to complete. Like, uh, and I, I hated to do this there and we covered it haunting, uh, starring a polter guy. Polter guy like yeah. I, I literally sold that for $70 on eBay. I think I paid 15 for that. So I was like, yeah, that, that'll pay for a couple. Christmas I presents. feel that pain. <laughs> I had like a complete pristine copy of, uh, Oh, zero tolerance. And I, and I ended up having to sell it and it, that game doesn't go for as much, um, as your game, but man, it's still, you know, it's like, ah, hate to sell. I hate to sell sell any any game, to be honest. <laughs> but well, I'm, I'm definitely I'm been running there. out of cabinet. I'm running out of cabinet space. So I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, if I'm not going to play it, I'm probably going to sell it. And the only difference is, is like, if if it's a Genesis game we covered on the show, there's there's more nostalgia and just kind of it, it's more collectible to me because it's a memory of the podcast. So I have a harder time getting rid of those. Like it kind of kind of made me sad a little bit when I sold that. Yeah, I, but I, if I, if you sell now, this is the time because yeah. it's a, it's crazy how much retro games are going for now. That, uh, even sports titles like like when John Madden died, I was looking at some Madden games on eBay and I was like, whoa, those are much more than the two or three dollars I used to see for them in the stores. Oh, I know. It used to be the donor carts and people. Yeah. Would... <laughs> <laughs> 
or um, you know SNES, they would be the donor carts that would get used so people could do re- repro- reproductions of other games. Exactly. <laughs> so we were going to do. Uh, this is usually the time where we do some Ask Aaron, but but he's got a film, big enough. Got a, I've got a big enough ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just talked to about yourself in the third person. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he's got. Oh, I mean, I got. I've yeah. worked yes. on that. With my therapist. <laughs> We're tired of asking him questions, but it's not all. About we haven't me. <laughs> we haven't played this sound clip, and hopefully, I can find it in a while. Uh, we haven't played this sound clip in a while. Got my words mixed up there, but uh, this is uh, what we used to call promote yourself. And we're going to ask Phil, the No Square Gamer, if you would like to kind of give a summary of what uh, he does, what uh, where you can find his uh, the content at, and uh, we'll put all the links and everything in the show notes as well if uh, you guys want to click those. But uh, Phil, take it away, man. Promote yourself. Promote yourself. Promote yourself on the Genesis Gems podcast. Sure. So promoting me. Oh, great. I love talking about myself. Not really, but here I go. So as as <laughs> you guys know, and some people listening know, I've been on YouTube. It's crazy because this is basically how long we've known each other uh, to a degree. Because I've been on YouTube since 2014. So it's going to be eight years in March which just blows my mind, right? Like, cause where, where's the time gone? But if you, if you come on YouTube, like I cover a lot of retro stuff, a lot of Atari, a lot of Sega, a lot of Nintendo. I've, I've reviewed, I also did a podcast that's still out there somewhere called the Atari 7800 game by game podcast. So if anyone's ever interested in that, um, it's, uh, it's out there. It went through every game in the systems library, but yeah, if you, if you follow me on YouTube, I'm one of the few guys who will still play old retro games live on YouTube because a lot of people just stream on on uh, Twitch now. So sometimes I stream myself playing. Sometimes I do thorough reviews. Sometimes I do comparisons. Sometimes I cover retro toys or even retro trading cards. Like, do you guys remember the joy of going to like the comic book store and they would have like Batman trading cards and Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtle trading yeah. cards and stuff like that? Like anything nostalgic to me, I'll cover. So it's not, it's not just one thing or, or the other. So, yeah. Uh, and I've been on, uh, and, and if you can find them somewhere, I used to be on retro obscure as a guest every now and yes. then. You remember that? I do remember <laughs> that. Uh, and, and those are still archived somewhere. And if they're not, um, I need to get the rest of them up on archive.org. <laughs> yeah. Tax avoiders, man. That was good times. It was good times or bad times, depending on your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So that's that, that's just a little bit of me. And also I have a Discord server that's free to join where people talk about all sorts of retro things and we try to keep all the drama out of it. So if you're looking for a place that tries to stay out of politics and, and like controversial stuff but wants to talk about the good old days, you can come on by there and we do high score challenges like I mentioned before. Right now we're doing one on Keystone Capers for the Atari 2600. Uh, before that it was space harrier two for the Genesis. So a lot of nice people there. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you guys a link and I link that in my new videos as well. I had a That's quick awesome. question, Phil, uh, have you played that new David Crane, Gary kitchen game on 2600 yes. circus convoy oh, man. is amazing. I, I, I want to play that. <laughs> it is, it is the best. It's interesting because people call that homebrew, right? Anything new, on an old system, people call homebrew, but that is more than homebrew. That is, it is the best of the best making a new game, and it exceeded my expectations. It is amazing how much they crammed into that Atari 2600 cartridge. If you like Pitfall, if you like Keystone Capers, 
And if you have the money, you need to get that game if you have an Atari 2600. Ooh, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, because <laughs> NSG Phil, said so. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really funny because when you go back in the, the history of our show, even our uh, – ranking list we totally stole that from those swear gamer <laughs> if yeah. you remember that aaron <laughs> we, we totally took that from you so we appreciate that because every time uh you know when your video is done with the review um the listeners you would be able to see how uh, phil ranks the games and aaron and i are kind of like we gotta do that we gotta do that on our show so we totally stole that from you by hey, the way. <laughs> it's it, i'm flattered because i think it's a great idea because people all the time say it's a good game or it's a bad game but they never compare it right yeah. And when you see a list like that, like, here's just an idea. Maybe you've talked about this before, but I was looking at your list, what I could, because my browser wasn't scrolling through it on the Bitmap, uh, the Bitbrothers site, but I could go through the, like the first half. And I was like, man, you guys got a lot of gems. And I think you should call your top 10 gems diamonds. I think the, like the cream of the crop, because you guys like, is it a diamond, chaos you, you know, or <laughs> oh. chaos? That's cool too. <laughs> Yeah, but I think you should do something to differentiate between all your gems. Like, what's the gem of gems? Yeah, because we got way too many. <laughs> you got it done. You got like forty gems, which oh, is awesome. That, I mean, that's why we're doing this episode because you know we gotta <laughs> we gotta fill out the chaff. Yeah, yeah, it's garbage. You guys can stop now. Thanks. Have a great <laughs> night. Yeah, Show, show's over. <laughs> yes. No, I I agree with you, Phil. I I think uh, we sh- we should do another like end of the year. Uh, episode like we've done in the past where we sort of reevaluated and re-ranked and then i think that would be the perfect time for us to go in and go okay let's (laughs) update this clean this up a little bit um give nick some more work because he doesn't have enough already (laughs) that was actually super fun super fun that's that's nerdy but that that was really fun that year we did that (laughs) we just kind of threw them all out there spreadsheets i I, I I listen i listened to that and i was a nerd i nerded out over that (laughs) One of the things that I did on my um, Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast, now the, the 7800 library is a lot smaller than the Genesis. It had like 60. But right. I said, okay, I said, um, I said, okay, guys, when I told my listeners, I'm like, tell me if it's a solid title or tell me if it's a Hall of Fame and you can only have five games in your Hall of Fame. And people would agonize over like, ah, oh, does this go in my Hall of Fame or not? Like they, cause they could only pick five games on the system to put there and it made for some good conversation. It was really interesting. That's really cool. Uh, Ball blazer and then everything else. <laughs> Food fight. Ninja golf had to fight. Oh yeah. I don't remember what other games were, were in the hall of fame. I think commando was, if you haven't played commando on the 7,800, it smokes the NES version. It is really good. At least that's my opinion. And there's a, uh, and I'm sure, I don't remember if you covered, uh, much, there was some, been some cool homebrew on 7,800 also, but I think you were going for the commercial first. Yeah, I did the, I just did the commercial, um, releases. And then, uh, uh, Sean, who I call Jander Sean on the, on the show, he's from the pie factory podcast. If you've ever heard of that, they cover old arcade games. He went and did the Atari 7,800 homebrew podcast when I was done. And oh, that, that awesome. was really, so awesome. he went to that. And I, and ironically, I went on the Pie Factory podcast one episode to talk about the Sega Genesis. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, I consider you like an all around expert where it's like you cover just about any of the retro systems you grew up with. Um, and, and I know that includes Sega Genesis and uh, various Atari systems. And the, and and the Magnavox Odyssey, too. That'll make some people be like, <laughs> what? 
What? Yeah, the, the Odyssey. Casey that, Munching. That's right. I know you know what that is, but there's uh, it's, I do. it's a pre-crash system that not a lot of people know about today, you know? A lot of so, people don't know what pre-crash means. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Watch those documentaries. <laughs> I've never actually played one, so kind of sad. It's a, it's an interesting system. It had a keyboard attached to it, like a membrane keyboard. Yeah. So when you got a high score in a game, you actually typed it in, your initials. Of course, as soon as you turned it off, it erased. But a lot of games had that high score feature in it. Made a high score saver for it or something like that. I, I, I have machines. That maybe. I know. It also was one of the first ones. It had a, a voice unit. You could. It was this huge thing. It was like a power based converter almost the way it sat on the system, but three times as big. But it would it would talk in that robotic voice and it had its own volume. It would it talked through the system, not the TV. Oh, that's really interesting because I know most people think of like uh, the Intellivision being the innovator um, <laughs> in terms of that. But that's that's really cool. Yeah, the Intellivision one talked through the TV. This one talked and there was actually a cartridge where you could uh, type in your own words and it would speak to you. So you could imagine what kids did with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I did when I was a kid and you had like the Mac that would do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was the uh, handheld toy that you would type things in? And it's like, the hey, and spell? B. Yeah, that's what I have. Yes. <laughs> hey, B, C. Oh, cool. I all can right. tell Nick's like, well, all right, I guess we have I to talk about we... this game eventually. Yeah, I, I don't, like, the, the, the segues are kind of depressing. I'm like, uh, just let's talk about this game. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Aaron, game on. Game on. Hey, game on, Phil. Game on. Game on! Yeah, game on! All right, so the adventures of Mighty Max. Now, the story of this game, I prefer Phil's version a lot better than what the um, book talks about. So you all need to go check the video out of uh, his cover of that. Uh, He talks about how cool the house was and kind of made his own story up. That's a lot better than the story I'm about to read you in the book. But uh, uh, we'll get there in a minute. But uh, memories for this game, um, I don't have any memories of the game. Now, I am going to talk about the actual product of Mighty Max. Um, Mighty Max, in, in my area, I don't know about where you all grew up, um, it was, it, we had the toys at Kmart. And I remember my cousin, she uh, she was real big in the Polly Pocket. You guys remember that little toy? And uh, I always thought, that's a kind of neat toy, but it's a you know it's a girl's toy. I can't play with that. So then these Mighty Max toys came out that looked just like it. But they're like these little dungeons, and you know, it looks like a picture of a skull. You can pop it open, a little tiny action figure. And I had two or three of those, and I absolutely loved them. Um, now, my local rental store was very smart. Um, whenever kind of junkware games, that's kind of a bad way to say it, whenever games like this would come out, my local rental store would never actually carry them because they, they didn't want to waste the money on them. So I never actually got to play this game um, until the emulator days came about when I was in high school and college and stuff. So um, so really no memories of the game, but I absolutely loved the, uh, the the toy that um, they had marketed for this. And I guess, it was it all based around a comic book? No, the toy came first, I believe, and the then that first? turned okay. into, and then and then that turned into a TV show, and I think the toy originated in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. So it's actually kind of an import thing. Gotcha. I I, I love that. I thought it was kind of neat how you, and I I was a very like borderline OCD type type of kid, so like uh, I had no problem keeping all my t- t- small pieces of toys in, in one spot. So I would display them up with all my other toys, and I was very careful with how I played with it. So I really enjoyed the, the Mighty X toy I had. Today. Did you guys ever get your hands on any of the toys? Yeah, I want to say I had one. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I, I do remember having that clamshell um, that would open up, yeah. and there would 
be uh, just like a cool little diorama going on inside. Yeah, I wasn't much of the... I didn't get into the toys. And honestly, did any of you guys watch the cartoon? Yeah, um, I did watch the cartoon. I have vague memories. Like, that's why I had half a chance thinking that, oh, maybe the game will be decent, right? There's there's good games based on cartoon properties. Maybe not made by Ocean, but, um, <laughs> you know, I had hope. Because I liked the cartoon. Like, I have vague memories going like, yeah like that but i you ask me now i I tried going back and watching i was like i don't remember this it's not like ninja turtles where you watch it and you're immediately like a kid again or for me you know um you know whatever impressionable age i was like i can watch ninja turtles today and go oh yeah i remember exactly where i was and what i was eating and all that stuff i barely any memories of this show but yeah, i know it was on and and i watched a little bit of it if it was on tv as a kid i don't remember it at all um i tried to watch an episode and i it didn't ring any bells at all so i just had the toy that's the thing i can remember yeah I, I for this re for this uh, episode i did watch the first episode on youtube apparently it's not available on anything like they don't they, like there's a little <laughs> cult following for it like it never got released on dvd it's not on any streaming service legally you know you just have to find someone who uploaded vhs tapes to youtube one of those things so i watched the first episode and i was like yeah and i remember when it came out i was like it's just a kid i want to watch some mutant turtles instead you know like it 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 didn't the premise didn't grab me from the the promos but they it had a great voice cast did you guys know some of these people who were on it because it had rob polson he was the main character he was Raphael on the original turtles yeah and if you listen to everything yeah yeah and if you listen to it it sounds like Raphael. it's like the same voice so it's hard for me to get it out of my head but um the the guardian guy who like carries the sword he was he was voiced by richard mole from night court he played bull if you remember him (laughs) love night court yeah yeah but he did a good job with his voice like not sounding goofy and then there's the other voice that i i didn't know the name but i knew the voice was tony j and he's like uh, a british actor uh, he had like a goatee, and if you hear his voice, you'll be like, I know that voice. And he was the uh, Virgil the Owl. But when I was streaming it, somebody uh, I had a fan of the show on my stream uh, while I was playing this game, and, and they're like, yeah, the, the, the cartoon was something else. They even had one episode where there was cannibals that probably ate a guy. Because <laughs> there's there's one episode early on where there's this nerd character, and he they get back from traveling in the portals, and he's so excited to tell the first person he finds a, about his adventures, he runs down the jungle to this group of cannibals around a cauldron. And, and, and at the end of the episode, Mighty Max says to Virgil, well, I guess we better save him, but you never see him again. And oh, that character no. is gone. And then there's one character where the bad guy like is, is making these other guys drink this goblet of dragon's blood. I'm like, I'm like, and I was like, that was in a cartoon back then. Yeah. So th- that cartoon, man, is interesting that's, that's intense wow. i thought things were intense when you know judy went upstairs and family matters and never came back but man that's <laughs> a whole nother level yeah there, there's some there's some stuff like it's a blink and you miss it thing but someone pointed it out and so i i found the clips i was like oh yeah yeah maybe he did get eaten <laughs> so it was a very special episode Yes. Uh, why you don't I, hang out with cannibals. Yes, tonight on a very special episode of The Adventures of Mighty Max, <laughs> the nerd learns a very valuable lesson. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, yeah, the characters. Yeah, the, the characters in the game. Um, I I recognize the main kid with the red hat, but the other two. Dennis the Menace as a Phil Collins. <laughs> yes. Who are the other two kids? Were Is they in a, the cartoon also? It says Felix and Bia on the on the uh, manual here. And and I, I I just saw the first episode, so I don't know if they're in the cartoon. I'm guessing they are at some point. They are, but, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm the, looking at Wikipedia. Yep. <laughs> but that the boy with the red hair, he looks like the male version of Pippi Longstocking to me. I don't know why, but he it just <laughs> that's how it sticks in my head. Oh, one of my, I I I guess I'll admit now that was a a VHS <laughs> tape that I wore out over and over again. I watched that. I watched Pippi Longstocking a lot as a kid. <laughs> was, was that the live action one? Yes, I watched the live action one. I, I didn't. Uh, I remember that more than the cartoon. Yeah, because I, I actually remember liking that and reading the books when I was like in grade school. Yeah, I like. Well, I think the coolest thing was just like seeing this kid literally walk on the ceiling. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> it would be better than this game I'm playing. Well, <laughs> oh, geez. So yeah, Adventures of Mighty Max. <laughs> this was uh, released in 1994. For the Genesis, uh, it was published by Ocean of America and developed by WJS Design. And uh, if you get a movie games, and you kind of click on the uh, the link of what else they've done. It's not the best. Re- I'm doing some ad lib right now because my internet's freezing for some reason. <laughs> but uh, uh, looks like they worked on things like Lemmings 2. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of games kind of post night timeline of games. Adventures of Mighty Max was the last thing they did, so that probably just kind of. <laughs> what does that tell you, boys yeah. and girls? <laughs> exactly. That you know, if you uh, go out on, just go out on top. That's all you got to do. Yeah. So that was do you, interesting. Do you, do you know what's interesting that I didn't realize that some of these games, when they sold them, came with a VHS tape shrink wrapped to the game, containing an episode of Mighty oh, Max, man. which, as a, you know, back in the day, that would have been a big uh, kind of perk. Yeah. To get it, I mean, but that what does that tell you? You know, they're trying to bribe the kids to take the game with the videotape. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and the, the the instruction manual actually, if you flip it upside down and start from the back, it's a comic book, so that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> might be better than the game, <laughs> exactly. I, I was so confused. Um, I think one. when I first played this, I thought it was going to be based off of Fantastic Max. Which is, you know, it's like I remember Adventures of Mighty Max, but there was also another cartoon called Fantastic Max, which is about a kid with like some special inventing powers or something like that. And I was like, why do I get these two properties confused? I guess it's just the Max. The Max. I guess so. I guess it, it wasn't there an Action Max, a VHS system, game system. <laughs> that sounds or sound like something, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it was like a full motion, like they used videotapes and like a light gun or something to try to play games on a VHS tape. Oh let me, yeah. Let me give uh, the 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 listeners just an uh, awesome taste on how good the comic book is. I'm going to read page ten for you. Are you ready for this? Now, now to the lake. What do you say we? Clog the plumbing. There you go. This this comic is oh, awesome. That is thrilling. Yes, that, that, that is very. Boy, they make a lot of sounds. Oh, whoa. Yes, it's totally a comic book. That, that is crazy. It's it's interesting because do you guys ever go to SegaRetro.org? Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. definitely go there uh, quite a bit. Um, and I know sometimes when we're doing 
reviews uh, for this show, we'll we'll go check it out. Well, they well they sometimes scan manuals and put them in PDF form, and it's weird because the comic book is upside down when you when you scroll to those pages, they're upside down, so you have to read them <laughs> backwards. They must have scanned it and forgot to flip it. Because <laughs> yeah, it's upside down. You have it in your hand too. You got to flip it, flip it around. Exactly. And uh, it was real funny uh, talking earlier about how like much prices went up in these games. When when you covered Mighty Max, I think it was uh, 2014. And uh, I love price charting because it actually shows a timeline. Wow, that, that's my first year. I And just oh, to wow. let you know, I didn't go back and watch that old episode because I'm kind of weird about that. You know, it's like, I don't want to see my early stuff. But it, it but it's weird to to know just... So I forget everything I said. <laughs> so I had to play the game again. I, so it'll be interesting. You could tell me how much I copy myself. But yeah, what what has gone up with uh, Mighty Max and the price? Has it gone up at all or are people still yeah. avoiding it? It's gone up. So in 2014, uh, I can't remember what you said in the show. I think you said around five dollars loose. But on price charting, it has it for 3.99 loose, 8.87 complete in box in 2014, and now it's uh, 7.98 loose and 23.39 complete. So I mean, it's almost triple. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's crazy. And I love. I don't know if you all have been to price charting lately, but they they have these new. Uh, I don't know if it's new or not. I may be crazy, but it's like a chart, and you can click on like a like a legend. It shows you like a uh, complete in box new, like over the years, like how much mm-hmm. the prices went up of a game. So, and it's a very first uh, point here was in 2007, and for in loose it was a dollar 17. <laughs> so, now can't wait, works. can't wait for those water graded copies of this game. You know, sell for <laughs> a million bucks. Wait a <laughs> second. Oh geez. So uh, the story in the book is very short. I'll, I'll read it real quick. This is a uh, pretty hilarious. Again, you all need to go. I don't know if Phil, you're going to recite the story that you had on your video if you don't remember it, but it was it <laughs> was great. It. I love the story you made up. It was it was very uh, very good. But the story in the book says, "Here's the deal. Eons ago, traveling around the world was a snap. Step through a doorway, portal to another place, and pow, you're there. But evil Skullmaster didn't like it that way. No, that was too cool for us. So he's gone and destroyed the whole trick system, or most of it anyway." Skullmaster's kept some secret portals as part of his world domination plan. He's using them to stockpile and hide the planet's most powerful arsenal. Each weapon is in eight separate pieces weighing tons and being guarded by his gross horde of minions. Now, Skullmaster's about to control the globe. However, if Max and his buds can get those heavy weapons together, they'll have Skullmaster under control. And there's your story. <laughs> hey, can, can I back up a second? Yeah. While, while you're reading that story, I could care less about the story, so don't. I hope you don't mind I ignored you. Uh, while you're reading... <laughs> while I love you're your reading honesty. The, thank you. While you're reading the story, I went on eBay, and you know what the last new copy of this game sold for? Oh, no. It, it sold for $182.50. It comes shrink-wrapped with the Let Sleeping Dragons Lie episode of Mighty Max, and here's the best part. I love, nowadays, I used to not like it, but now I love it when original price stickers are still on it. It has Kmart price stickers. One of those situations where they covered it with like three different clearance stickers. <laughs> it's a, it's a, on the, the last sticker, original price, fifty nine ninety seven, But th- whoever bought it, got it for $1.50. <laughs> that is awesome. A buck fifty. That Sold is it. awesome. That t- wow. what does that tell you? That how many times did they reduce it for it to go? That is a blue light special, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, that's nice. If only we could go back in time. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
How many of us, if we had a time machine, would just go ransack Toys R Us oh and Kmart and be like, hey, do you have a copy of Stadium Events? You know? <laughs> oh, you have five of them? Great. I'll take all five. Exactly. Or every oh, time I, remember... I, took, I took my Super Nintendo and Nintendo boxes and folded them and threw them away and put them in plastic cases because I thought that was better. <laughs> that was a mistake, right? <laughs> I remember being with my brother, uh, my older brother Gordon, at Toys R Us, and he just you know, just picked up a copy of Panzer Dragon Saga New, <laughs> you know, when it was whatever, 50 bucks, and it was us taking it home, and it was like, yeah. Hindsight would be like, all right, let's pick up every copy of the store. That <laughs> I, uh, Aaron, I have a similar story because I had a Saturn at that time and I went to Babbage's because at that time, a lot of places weren't even carrying the new games. They stopped carrying them. Right. And I and they there. I remember Shining Force 3, Panzer and Dragoon Saga, Burning. I, it might have been Burning Ragers, House of the Dead. They were all in there, uh, a binder. And you signed your signature to like pre-order the game. And, and I was like, I was looking at that and Panzer Dragoon Saga. I was like, oh, I really want to play Shining Force 3, which, by the way, is incomplete. Uh, and that game's still worth a pretty penny. I sold that way back. I, I made money on that even when I sold it. But I remember buying Shining Force 3, and then then I couldn't see these games anymore. And hearing that Panzer Dragoon Saga like was like becoming rare. And I tried to call Babbage's. It's like, nope, we just got our one shipment, and that was it. Just the pre-orders. Uh, oh. I had a chance to sign my name for that game. <sighs> so. Lose, you lose. So sad. <laughs> so it's it's a uh, not that I want to go back to Mighty Max, but we will. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was funny because when I I hadn't played this in a long time, and I think when I did play it the first time I bought it, I didn't know what I was doing. So again, I popped it in, I started the game, and I had zero clue what to do. So I literally had to go and open the manual and find out. Oh, you're supposed to take these what look like garbage pieces of garbage as i called them and mm-hmm. put them in a portal i had no clue i thought i was just going around killing stuff and uh, I, I don't know how you're because like when i would go to a rental store usually didn't come with a book and usually didn't get the case like if i would rent it if i had rented this game as a kid how would what indication did i have of what to do i i skipped through all the beginning parts so maybe there was something there but I don't know. Like, it just kind of blew me away that there was, like, no... I don't know. Maybe there's arrows, if I would have paid attention more to the arrows at the top of the they, screen. They, they, don't, they don't help you that much. They really don't. <laughs> I played through the game, and the arrows... The, so, the, if the people don't know, the arrows are supposed to either point to the... the I guess they're supposed to be pieces of weapon? Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think that's what the manual says. They're, so, yep. you're, like, getting rid you of did, this... You did pay attention, see? <laughs> you're, so, you're getting rid of the weapon pieces of of the skull of skeletor or whatever and and you're and you're you're getting rid of these by throwing them in portals so basically you are a garbage man in in the game and and the arrow is supposed to point to you to a piece nearby or a portal like especially if you're holding a piece i guess but i found it was easier just not just to ignore it and explore the level knowing what to look for except for those levels that are just way too big for their own good right yeah, well, they're all way too big for their own good. This this game is too big for no, its own No, you're good. right. It's like someone thought, you know what? You know what would be great? Let, let's take uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers uh, and take that fun mechanic and take all of the fun out of it. Squeeze every ounce of fun and let's see what's left. And, and make it a European platformer <laughs> with levels that are just gargantuan. And, and weird yeah. physics. The physics, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a blast with that. And I didn't even know 
that you could like get rid of the enemies by picking them up and throwing them until I did it on accident one time. Like I just yeah. thought you, sh you sh shot them and they kind of fell down and you, you know it was kind of like a temporary thing, but I accidentally picked one up and threw him and I'm like, oh well, he's gone now. Now I know how to get rid of the enemies. Yeah, yeah. If the viewers don't know, you can fire at them or throw things at them, but the, it like makes them like uh, do the bird brain thing, the where the you know <laughs> the stars are around their head. They're temporarily knocked out, but they'll get back. But if you hit them again or toss them again then they're good they're gone and that that's one thing i'll say the game doesn't respawn too bad uh, so if you get rid of enemies there's a chance they won't show up again if you go back and in this game you will go back backtracking what i gotta tell you something hilarious phil and i don't know if you uh if you you may you may already know this when, when you were doing your video you kept talking about how how it's typical for someone to have to hurt penguins you kept talking about the penguins he was yes hurt. yes well uh so so one of the main uh developers of this game wayne smithson the game he developed in 96 right after this game was literally called mutant penguins oh <laughs> i've heard of that one the jaguar game right yeah jaguar, yeah yeah, What's yeah. i just thought oh, that's penguins. hilarious I don't know. <laughs> I, do you guys? Okay, let me just ask. Do you guys know if that even fits in the show at all? Because like it's in a lava level and there's penguins. And they make like a like a manly noise when you hit them. Like, <laughs> it's like what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Do we need to go through the controls? Like I don't think we've actually told. No, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> it's. Okay, so A, shooting, and B, jumping. That's fairly intuitive, but you might not know how to immediately pick something up or that you even have to pick anything up. The game has a tooltip system. It gives you one hint, and then it's like, oh, I guess you got it. You're good for the rest of this level. Um, and, and then, yeah, you, you've got to pick things up with the C button uh, to hoist, thing, hoist something above your head, and then you have to kind of nudge your guy a little bit uh, and a direction to throw it to the left or right um, and or up to throw it up. But it's yeah. not immediately obvious. Yeah, and, and when you jump. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait, you, you jump in this game? Boy, you jump, do you, you jump. Fly. You fly, <laughs> you do. It, it is insane because you you jump up like three quarters of the screen if there's nothing above your head and there's no touch to it. Like, it's very hard to finesse the jump. So if you just <laughs> want to jump a little bit, good luck. Oh, and you'll have to. You will have to to like reactivate a switch that's going to bring a platform back your way. Yeah. And, and in essence, this is a puzzle game. It is. You know, kind of yeah, like yeah. in a sense, I didn't think about it till now, but I could see some ins inspiration from Lemmings, honestly where you're trying to get the objects to a certain point by, like you said, you flip switches to get platforms to show up. Sometimes you don't see where they're at. They're seesaws, which if you don't know, they're seesaws, but, and those are tricky because you have to like, you have to, and they're very picky. Like you, like you have to stand just in the right spot and then hit the C button to drop the item just so it lands on the seesaw. Then you have to either find another item or a rock and drop it on the other side just right. And there was, um, there's like magnets you you could turn on that will pick it up and uh balloons right that yep. you could throw it and it'll carry the piece up and even the balloons um well let me just ask did either of you take the time to complete the game no i've no. i've beaten <laughs> so like each stage has multiple levels in it and i've at least completed a few of those stages but i did not sit through the whole game i i fully admit that once i especially learned that most of the game plays exactly the same 
level to level and i felt like i i have played about as much of this game as i can yeah. i can digest right I, I now. made i made a goal to at least defeat like all the lava levels and i did that and then, <laughs> and I, then you said i'm the, done yeah, i completed all the space <laughs> levels and all the inca levels and it's just like oh and i watched well, that amazing ending that we'll talk about later yeah. <laughs> online yeah i posted the ending online if anyone's interested uh just just search for why did i do this no actually it's called the <laughs> the mighty max ending uh so anyway um there's um the there's the balloons there's one level where you not only do you have to use the balloon but you have to throw it on the balloon just right or it won't land on the right platform like there's two different platforms that above your head, one higher than the other, and it'll miss the high one that you need to get it on. So you have to finesse it, which with these controls is terrible. It's yeah. just awful. And there's um, there's some things that will like spring you up, like uh, springboards. But in one level, I think it was the uh, the Inca level, there was a root, a green root on the ground, and it was also a springboard. And I didn't. It took me ten minutes to figure out. Oh, that's what I need to use, because I just thought it was in the background. Yeah, there's a lot of um, things in this game. Like when I was on the space level, I'm like, oh, there's a tube. I can use this tube to send things up. And no, it was just nope, a background. Nope, I tried I tried that. I'm like, it looks like a, uh, a Star Trek elevator or something, right? Yeah. And, and you can't you can't do that. So there's things in the game that make no sense and things that should make sense that don't. Right. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. Or, or things that you would think like in a game like, I don't know, Sonic 2. This would be a tunnel that would take you behind the scenery and warp you somewhere else. Um, and you would be able to more easily traverse the level or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, things that would make sense in a game that had a bigger budget. Uh, <laughs> or how about like it's obvious that this game did not... It, it was one of those... They probably had about six to nine months to wrap this game. I, I love the level that like showed you a ladder that you could just jump up on the platform and ignore the ladder. Like that's kind of that was kind of yes. hysterical. <laughs> that was just mean. I uh, the thing I enjoyed most was when I accidentally discovered a portal that let me skip <laughs> the end of the stage, and I was like, "How did I activate this?" You did that? Yeah, See, that's in the manual, and I haven't. I don't know if I found it when I did my first review. I did not find one this past time, so I had to go. Th- because I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember. So it depends on your difficulty, how many pieces you have to find. So I think easy's three and normal is five uh, pieces yeah, or, per level. But yeah. once you get, so uh, you have to find these pieces. You have to f- find a portal that, and you can use the same portal for the for all the pieces if you want, if you can get there. Because sometimes the two portals are in different areas and it may not be accessible for some pieces. So once you put in the number of pieces shown on the screen, then you jump in the portal and your level ends. It doesn't even say go to end or anything. So there's probably some kid who played this game and they're just looking for a piece <laughs> that doesn't exist. So and then it takes you back to the same level uh, at least once, maybe twice. Maybe you have to do it three times. It's it, I mean, it's the same. It's like the it's like a different layout, but it's the same theme. Yeah, it's the same stage, just a different level of the stage. Right. And, and so uh, that's what you have to do. And when you start the game, boy, is this convoluted. They have this house and it has an upstairs and a downstairs window. Right. And the two windows will take you to I think it's lava at first. And I, what was the other space, one? Like the space. space is the next yeah. Space. Lava. Space. You get lava or space. Lava or space. <laughs> 
And when you beat a level, then it opens up another, then one of the, one of the windows will turn into a new level. Uh, so it's always the two levels. And so then like there, there's the Inca level we talked about jungle. There's a water level, a jungle level and Inca. Okay. Inca and jungle are different. And Inca looks terrible because it's like uh, this pyramid and it blends in with, you can't tell. So it's just, it's just confusing. This whole game's terrible. Anyway, so <laughs> the weird Giant thing mosaic is, of different rectangles <laughs> in the background. You're like very confused by what you're looking at. The weird thing about this game is that you can make the, like the space level, the last level, if you want. Yeah. Like, cause it just opens up one. And so there, so I guess, you know, it's, it's not, you can kind of determine what level is going to be the end. There is no tech technical last level. It's just whatever the last one is that you you care to to do. But um, and then if you beat the game, like there's never a boss. We'll talk about the ending later. Uh, it's man, this game's terrible. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I'll, can I go through the power ups real quick? I got Please. the main in front of me. So, Please. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so when you're carrying something, you're Mighty Max. You can jump three quarters of the of the stage. You can pick up these huge objects, but when you carry them, no, whether it's a small penguin or a big rock, you can't jump. That is no. insane. You can't jump when you, which makes things really hard. That's why you have to use all these seesaws and, and balloons. And the de- the developers loved you so much that some of those seesaws and balloons are worthless, pointless. They're just put there as a red herring, <laughs> just to put it out of the way. There is a power pill. I don't know if you guys found this, but if you get the power pill, you can actually jump with the objects for a short period of time. Oh, no, I did not no, find that. It. There was also one section where it was literally like I lifted something up um, with a balloon and it put it on a conveyor, conveyor belt. And I didn't realize that there was a switch somewhere off the screen that I yes. had to go switch so that the conveyor belt went the other direction. So I was sitting there aggravatingly throwing the object up comes out of the conveyor belt falls off and then i have to do it again and then i have to time it just right so i jump up before it comes up on the conveyor belt throw it over to the left and then hope that i'm able because you know there's a lag right when you throw things i finally managed to get it off the conveyor belt but i'm like wait is this what the developers intended for me to do no they wanted me to just (laughs) go flip a switch that was right over here and i had no idea but there are times in some of the levels where you actually have to get on that conveyor belt with these horde controls before it drops off to pick it up and move it again. It, it, and it's it's crazy. So the the game. Oh, oh man. I the more I talk about this, the more it irritates me. So <laughs> he's going to turn into the Hulk over here. You you have you have a heart meter, right? You you have a life meter. But what's interesting is there's also a timer that goes way too fast. Did you guys realize, did you guys ever die? And like, why did I just die? Yeah, it's very, it's very confusing. It it gave me the same feeling when I was playing Turrican, which was like, oh, wait, why did I just die? Well, and I kept kept thinking that I was jumping when it would happen. I'm like, did I hit like a spike or something? Like, I I kept thinking the ceiling was killing me, but then I realized what was really going on. I almost no. feel like there was a, a delay in terms of like, uh, you know, like the people making the game were kind of going by the rules of the 80s, right? Where it was like, okay, everything's on a timer. There's a high score. But, you know, there's there's this. And then more developers uh, with sense or money uh, were like, you know what? Let's get rid of the, <laughs> the timer. 
let's get rid of the the score and and make it more of an, an adventure just for an adventure's sake uh this game clearly had more of the 8-bit mentality um when it when it came to that stuff yeah so the, yeah timer goes out you lose the life lose enough hearts you lose the life you can get hearts to get extra life uh, there is, what was it? Um, there was a diamond you can get that's supposed to give you a million points and three extra lives, which talk, talk about like um, overbalanced or underbalanced. Uh, the megaphone, that's where, I don't even know his name. What's the buddy's name? The guy with the sword. Oh, he's just sword guy to me. Sword uh, guy. He was sword uh, guy. It says Norman and Virgil, ancient warriors who act as okay. Max's guides. <laughs> Vir- Virgil's the owl. Nor- okay, so, that, so, that's, so that's Norman. Norman, Norman gotcha. So Norman will show up if you get um, the megaphone, and he'll—he's not very helpful. No, he might knock know. out a penguin or two. It, I think he only attacks enemies if you already knocked them out once. Like they're dazed. Like I don't know. He just whatever. Go back to Night Court. Um, do, you rem- do you remember? <laughs> do you remember the uh, Linux joke you threw out there in your video? That was wonderful. No, did I? <laughs> yeah, because you said, "Why are there so many penguins around? Maybe it's a." Uh... You know something about Linux, and I'm killing Linux. But I did you go through Windows in the beginning of the game, so <laughs> maybe Bill Gates. Like it was just the, oh, it, was, it was great. Well, I guess I haven't changed that much because when we get to our um, oh, what, is, what do you cut retrofitted achievements? I yeah. do have a Linux one in there. Spoiler cast, sorry. <laughs> yes. Nice. Spoiler I, alert. So one thing we didn't talk about was, I would say the music was pretty you know it was it was above average considering the licensed property um of everything in this game that felt very uh kind of not great um i will go a step i will go a step further further and say i think the music's great yeah especially the uh the end end tune was my favorite and then the beginning song if the game wouldn't loop and cut the music off it actually sounded like it was starting to, to go somewhere uh, <laughs> but the game does this thing where you go to the the main menu and you're trying to listen to this like this uh, boogie rock song and uh, <laughs> i don't even know if that's the theme of the the actual show but um i, I can't remember but you're listening to this you're like oh cool there's a solo that's about to come in and then the game just cuts it off and goes back to the ocean screen and loops over, so you don't even get to hear the whole song. You you got to go to the uh, option screen. <laughs> oh. Which from options you you can't even change. You can only change the difficulty on the other. What what do the options cover? I'm trying to remember because you could do sounds, yeah. music, and there was one other thing. Could you switch the controls around? I'll have to scroll up and see. I know can't you remember. could. I know you could do a password. Here's Which the great thing. Like most of our episodes these days, I'm probably playing the game in the background. <laughs> uh, and and this the, is a game where you could totally just be totally focused on the podcast. And be, because the game is so mindless that you could just be on autopilot playing the game and, and it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so the options are as follows. Players. So you, you can, can actually you- play a co-op. At the same time, split screen, which I don't know how that works when you jump three quarters of the, uh, the screen. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, Phil, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of the game? <laughs> no. You, you Did you actually try it this past time? Uh, you know what? I was over at my buddy's where we could have done that, um, but we Your opted to buddies? play my former buddy uh but we opted to play streets of rage 4 instead i don't know why when this game was right there uh, 
and was the more obvious co-op choice. But you know, yeah. I mean, I I have kids, but I love my kids, and I could have tried it. I could have tried it by myself, but I love myself, so I didn't. I feel like I've subjected them to enough weird games. Uh, like I showed I showed them that uh, Mohawk and Headphone Jack game on Super Nintendo um, that I was over on the Super Nintendo podcast to cover, and. I was like, look at this game. It's like Sonic on acid. And, and, and then I had to explain what acid was. And that was a whole other conversation. So, um, oops, whoops. Oh, man. <laughs> my, my youngest usually jumps in and wants to play these games with me. And he, he saw this. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, well, you collect stuff and throw it into a hole. He's like, yeah, I don't want to play that. <laughs> so, You're a garbage man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You really are. Space. But there are better games about being a garbage man. There's literally a game, I think, on on ZX Spectrum called Trash Man that is a better game about being a garbage man. Oh, Google man. That. that sounds interesting. <laughs> so let's see. Options, you can turn on and off sound effects, and you can turn off the music. Why? That's like the best part. <laughs> oh. And you can do a tune test. So yeah, that's the best it, part. The two you know tests is the best part of the game. And I I didn't keep track of it, but I think <laughs> now you could, it, it appears to have unlimited continues. And when you continue, you get like more lives than you started with. You get like eight lives. I wanted to say. Oh, so they, they take some pity on you. Yeah, I, I played so long today that I got the game over screen. It was not unlimited. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> game wow. over, man. Wow, that's special. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's special bad. but it does have a password i will i will say the password system worked well for me i like that it had a password oh, and on. it's but it's it's sensitive to the difficulty so you have to set your difficulty before your password so you can actually use the same password with the with whatever difficulty you want oh gotcha. it, it was a bummer because i was playing on easy so i came back to the game and i didn't set it on easy i put my password in i start the level it's like five pieces i was like oh no, no. It, it, this is this tells you how much I like the game. Just the idea of having to hit reset and put in the password button made me nauseous. I'm like, I, I have to do the <laughs> password again. Oh, so I should have played it on easy. I I started off normal. I never did change it. It's like, what would define a good puzzle platformer? Um, I I think it would be a game where you actually feel smarter when you're playing <laughs> it. Like every new challenge makes you go, oh. And like once you you figure it out, it's hard at first, but then you're like, oh, this one's just like, you literally have one challenge. Normally, this would be relegated to like that level everyone hates in Battletoads or <laughs> yeah. Earthworm Gym, like that. But they're like, hey, let's make a whole game out of that level, oh. and that's and that's what it feels like. Oh, we forgot one item. I just yes. I'm going through the manual. The wishbone. So you pick up the wishbone, and Virgil gives you pointless advice. The the wise owl. <laughs> it's but very pointless. How, can I ask you how disturbing is it that you use a wishbone to call him? You know, you know that that's like you know find a human skull and your teacher will give you advice. I'm like, what? No, I mean wishbone was the cute little dog on PBS. I mean, come on, <laughs> ain't that kind of wishbone? Yeah. I mean, I'm having yeah, fun the, the, just talking about. I'm I'm having more fun uh, ragging on this game than actually playing it. Um, which, you know, says something. But then again, I also had a very enjoyable time when we talked about Dark Castle or uh, whatever, that terrible fighting game we played. And I can't, it's so bad. Oh, sport. I, <laughs> no, it, well, that one. Um, but it was another one that was so bad where it was like two frames per second playing it. Um, 
and I can't remember the name. It was by Micronet, and it was one where Is you it thought Chevy like, Nova. Chevy Nova, yeah, that's the one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. What else was there anything else besides that wishbone in the manual that we missed in terms of just random <laughs> power ups that do nothing? Or, uh, there's a there's a freezer that stops the enemies temporarily. And I think that's it. I think we got everything else looking at the manual. This is the most thorough coverage anybody will ever get of Adventures of Mighty Max for Sacred Genesis. <laughs> yeah, this right. is the definitive coverage right. of this game. Aren't you glad? And I'm just looking through the game, and when at the end of the level you get an item bonus, I guess for items you pick up, I don't know, timer bonus, skill bonus. Don't, they don't tell you how they determine those. <laughs> should 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 are we allowed to go over the ending? Oh, yeah. You know what? Uh, we'll make an Spoiler. exception since most people, 99% of people who ever touch this game, will never make it there. Because I'm going to share something that I don't know if has ever been shared in podcast form before <laughs> at the after this ending. I will actually... So you beat the game. There's no bosses. And you get three um, cutscenes, if you will. You know, graphics with the characters. And actually, they look good. Yeah. It actually looks, it looks nice. And it says, Mighty Max flies into Skull Mountain and confronts the evil skull master oh by the way do you know who voiced the skull master on the cartoon i forgot it's pennywise wasn't it tim curry yeah tim curry yeah yeah tim curry i just um, saw that <laughs> so then it goes to the next scene it shows the skull master gripping his who i think is like skeletor's you know underappreciated brother he's he's gripping like his <laughs> wand or whatever the skull master is prepared for their attack and is armed with his power staff of course it's you have to read this and then, so you're getting ready for this epic battle. And then the next screen, the battle's already over. There's no image of the battle itself. It says, the Skullmaster's staff, staff snaps and Max triumphs once again. The Skullmaster escapes and vows to wreck his revenge another time. And, and like, it, like there's this epic battle that they don't really get into. Oh, it does. Both fire simultaneously and locked in a bitter struggle for supremacy. But this game, it, like the most exciting thing is the ending. And you couldn't even play it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he, he's in a convertible with like a like a tank turret on top. I'm like, yeah, I, w- I want to play that. <laughs> I want to. I, I almost wonder if they if if they if they had had more time, they would have made an actual boss battle because it sort of reminds me of a much better game, which was Xenogears on the PlayStation, which was a you know great Japanese RPG, epically long two disc game. But the second disc, you literally get to it, and everything is described to you with a wall of text. <laughs> like almost <laughs> everything that happens on that second disc, instead of you going over and fighting, you know, like going over to some dungeon or talking to people to go do the thing, it's literally a wall of text. And then this happened, and then they fought this, and <laughs> and maybe, maybe you'd get a battle or something. Uh, but it does it does seem like it was a budgetary thing uh, with with Mighty Max. So when when the game's over, you get the credits. It says, "Well done, you have completed Mighty Max trademark." With the defeat of Skullmaster, Max and his friends are safe, at least for now. So they threaten the poor user that there might be a sequel, and then it goes Holly through. Puck. It goes through the you know the credits. Um, and when it gets, it says uh, like bye or something like congratulations. But here's here's what no one else will tell you, but I'll tell you right. This is the exclusive. Are you ready for this? Oh, boy. it never ends. They repeat the credits endlessly. 
in a loop. <laughs> so if you're not paying attention, because I when I was live streaming this, I literally watched the credits like five times. I was telling my listeners, let's just see if it does end. Nope, so not that it. time. Let's try it one more time. Nope, still not ended. And it just goes over in the in the music loops. It never stops. Were you the were you the kids who you hated to hit a button on the controller because you didn't want to miss a part of the ending? Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was always like, there's there's one more thing. It's just, it's like Columbo. There's just one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. <laughs> just, just, that's great. I like Columbo. Everyone should not play this game. Go watch Columbo tonight. Go watch Columbo uh, instead. Just yeah. Bask so, in the Peter Falkness of it all. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch the one where William Shatner plays a Rush Limbaugh type character. That is some great acting. Uh, it was one of the later ones too, I think. But yeah, um, the the credits just scroll forever. So if you're waiting for the screen to like go to black or the music to end, nah, you don't get that. Oh man, you get to hear a sweet tune, but yes, man, why really does good. why does it loop over and over and over? At least you know you get to the end of a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, what was it like? I remember playing. It was like Final Fantasy three, and you had all these cool like Mode Seven effects on the Super Nintendo, and then you got like this cool background scrolling by, and it said the end. Like that's all I want. Just tell me it's over. Yes, yeah, I'll that be would have okay. been so much. But I, for for the viewers out there, if you watch my video where I show the ending, I actually went and edited it. it so you only saw it one time and it faded to black and the music that that that's me not them because they didn't have time to do that (laughs) now maybe there's maybe there's some creepy pasta out there where someone's like i went through the the ending of the game 200 times when you want to know something on the 200th time the game shows you a secret screen and (laughs) oh man that sounds like an april fool's joke in the making right there oh yeah that that's crazy and you can finally play that ship that looks cool at the ending that's like it reminds me of the neutrino ship from the teenage mutant ninja turtles you guys remember those oh yeah. the 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 futuristic teenagers except it has a big gun on top so i don't know go watch an episode of turtles after you watch columbo <laughs> <laughs> there's all kinds of better ways you can spend your time <laughs> Yes, so many better ways. Uh, <laughs> other better puzzle platformers. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, it's Umihari uh, Kawase. I can't remember how you pronounce it. But it's one of those games like this where there's physics, right? There's objects and, and enemies that you can manipulate. But that game had a grappling hook. That's what this <laughs> game needed. This game would have had a grappling hook. It would have made it like 100% better. Oh, okay. You want to traverse the level? Just use this grappling hook. So I teased with you guys. I thought it'd be interesting to talk about how this game could have been better. Like if you were the developer and you got this property. And I'm curious, did you guys have any any ideas? Like maybe a genre that would fit better? Mm, Mighty Max? 100%. Um, You know how we talked about... uh, Talked about Poltergeist? Uh, haunting starring poltergeist uh sort of the three-quarter perspective very popular in europe um ocean even did some of their own uh like the three-quarter perspective uh action adventure game or like land stalker um i think that would have worked much better with the concept of mighty max in general i don't know yeah what about you nick did you have any ideas 
they did the Jurassic Park on Super Nintendo, didn't they? Actually, yeah, they did. Yeah, okay, I thought so. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, because it was very, it kind of reminded me of playing like a Metroidvania game, and I'm like, I, I want to play a Metroidvania game right now. I, I don't want to search for things with them in a portal. I, I want to not be able to reach that platform until I kill a boss down here and get a double jump. So <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, make make Mighty Max a Metroidvania game. That would've been cool. I'm I'm always up for more Metroidvania. I I decided. I was thinking kind of a cross between Star Tropics and Zelda, if you will, where yeah. this game has five levels. So the first four levels, you can use the portals to go in between those four worlds. But each one, I know this is a novel idea for a video game, but each one actually has a boss. So, it, it, you know, so each one has a boss. Stay with me because the cartoon had different enemies. And maybe the boss even has a weapon that you can use if you pick up like a Mighty Max kind or not, uh, not Mighty Max, Mega Man kind of formula, you know, where one weapon might be better against another, you know. And then if you defeat all four levels, you go to the fifth and final level where you can actually go face the Skullmaster himself. So I thought that would have been a good idea. And some of my viewers, when I was streaming it, thought it, that Mighty Max would have been a good just brawler. You know, just a just a beat 'em up kind of game. So I think there's a lot of things they could have done with this game to make it better. Yeah. So I, I finally uh, I did get the game over screen after playing the game for five hours straight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you finally so do reach a game me. over screen, and you get a cool picture of uh, Skeletor's brother Jeff. Um, so <laughs> it's it's really cool. Skull Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I wasn't the only one to get the game over screen. I feel a little better now. No, uh, it, it, it is literally like they should be sued by Marvel because it's literally Red Skeleton. Come on. Um, but, but you know what? I don't think when I reviewed this game, I made it uh, two levels deep in this game. So it just might have been, you know, the Lord had mercy on me for putting myself through it eight years ago. And somehow it clicked because it clicked this last time I played it actually did click and I was able to overcome the bad controls. And I will say there was a slight feeling of satisfaction when I was able to complete a level and figure out, okay, use the balloon, use here. But it wasn't worth it. (laughs) (laughs) There's like little hints of satisfaction and no, no follow through is what happens. (laughs) Uh, I'm also going to share someone else's pain uh, that reviewed this game. If you guys know our uh, buddy, uh, Nick DeMarco, Atari Man, he has an article where he reviewed this game for us. So that'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, he reminded me of that when we posted the question on our uh, group page. So <laughs> well, uh, it just, it's, it's funny how we all just want to you know, enjoy each other's pain with this game. Yeah. Uh, and I had, a, I had a question for you guys. Can, can you name... Um, I can only name like one good game that starts with Adventures of. Uh, there's Not a lot of villain. bad games. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's halfway decent at least. Um, but there's a lot of bad games that start with Adventure or Adventures of. Um, right? There's like Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. There's uh, <laughs> Adventures, Adventures of, of Dino Ricky. Yeah, Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Like. Going like, the cartoon of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. That was just a cartoon. Oof, that almost made it. <laughs> Wasn't that Sonic Spinball was based off of? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame because one of my favorite games of all time is Adventure for the 2600. So this game besmirches its name. That's It's just terrible. Come on. <laughs> maybe the Adventures of Lolo. I know that's a popular mm-hmm. game. I've never really played it. Yeah, so maybe. Adventures of Lolo is an actual good puzzle game. Uh, Adventures of Lomax, the Lemming spinoff, is a beautiful, interesting game. 
There's an Adventures of Yogi Bear for the Sega Genesis. Must have been Mega Drive. Because <laughs> it wasn't... I don't remember seeing that game here. I wonder if that's terrible, too. <sighs> hey, boo-boo! Hey, this... Oh, I got one. Adventures of Barsock the Dwarf for the Commodore 64 and ZX Spectra, Spectrum. What? That game is automatically better than this game, yeah. just based on that name. The Adventures of Barsack the Dwarf. I, I have to agree. I have to agree. Even though I haven't played it, because there's, there's like a bazillion games for each <laughs> computer system, uh, I do want to check it out now. <laughs> I'm looking at the cover art of the, the cassette, and this dwarf looks shady, man. He's like sitting down <laughs> having a snack, but he's, he's got like his one eye peering over something. <laughs> this game's awesome. Oh, uh, this that makes me think of uh, when we would do You Call That Art on Retro Obscura, and we would just go out and find the worst cover art and sit there and review it. Uh, and, and the best part was that it's like no one could see what we were talking about, so you just had to go like, okay, here's a link to what we're talking about so you can uh, play along. <laughs> oh, it's a text adventure. There's no graphics at all. And yet the graphics are better. I don't know how... <laughs> I, you know what? Mighty Max would have been better as a text adventure than this. Let's, let's yes, be honest. Yes, it would have been. It would have been. It would have been. Oh, That's I forgot to mention, good too. Good point. Good point. I'll give one cute thing it did is in the uh, jungle stage, there's witch doctors. I don't know if you, either of you guys faced them. The manual doesn't tell you this useful fun fact. If the witch doctor hits you with, like, a chant, your controls get inverted for, like, a short oh, period of time. That's fantastic. I love it when games do that. So I'll give I'll give him I'll give him you know a tenth of a credit point for that. <laughs> no, I I think the only game I didn't mind doing that was a uh, Toe Jam and Earl, just because of the the sheer randomness of everything. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was clever though to give a, an enemy a unique attack, which none of the other enemies you know yeah did much for me. <laughs> no, it was a lot of that uh, cookie cutter stuff you found like oh it's like like X Men on the NES uh, oh it's a typewriter <laughs> that's attacking it's a, typewriter. <laughs> it's a fax machine what is it I mean they did have a villain named Arcade I guess I can see that typewriter <laughs> oh well do you all want to do some achievements I just want yes. to southern there yes. all right yes, yes I yes. do I would love to. <laughs> The Channel for Strength, Network Forward Achievements. I've only got two, which is, you know, probably really, really good for this game. You I got usually, two! <laughs> I usually uh, downplay my one or two I have, but two, uh, yeah, for, probably pretty good. Um, my first one was the very first thing I saw when I started the space stage. Uh, it's It just kind of popped up and said, in order to progress, try a leap of faith. And, uh, the, the leap of faith of actually just trying to play the game. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. What else did you have? Uh, the other one was just run and stun, and that was uh, just spam the attack button as you go through the stage uh, without picking anybody up. So. Yeah, we didn't say you have unlimited ammo, which Mighty yeah. Max, I don't know if Mighty Max the cartoon ever shot anything, but it's like a ping pong gun. So. Well, in, in, okay, yeah, and I forgot to mention that because in the manual, when it talks about his... Uh, his buddies you can pick from, Felix and Bia, it actually says, they too have a ping pong ball weapon. That's in the manual. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all that's, right. all I, that's all I had. I what have, do you got, uh, Okay, so my first one is the Phil the No Square Gamer Award. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually beating the game. 
um, to your own physical and mental detriment. Without <laughs> swearing. Without swearing, <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. I've got two more. I've got one I was workshopping. Uh, but here's one. Uh, hey, I was listening to that. And that's uh, sit on the title screen and watch as the <laughs> game resets itself before you can hear the whole opening tune. I like that. That's nice. <laughs> and the final one I had was... Uh, I think this was more to make sure I remembered to mention this cartoon um, and the game because a similar mechanic. I, I said Rescue Rangers, and that was select a character. <laughs> um, <laughs> which Rescue Rangers has nothing to do with this game, really, except for that um, that mechanic of picking things up, I, which I guess is also a Super Mario Brothers 2 deal. Um, but both of those are better games, so there you go. <laughs> yes. So I got four. And yes. um, and they're better than the game itself. Uh, so let's start with the easiest one. It's got to be the shoes. And that's when you jump three times your character's height, which will happen the first time you jump. So that's an easy achievement. Uh, Duke to Dumpster Drossy would be proud. And that's clear the level of all the garbage or the weapons. You guys remember Duke the Dumpster from WWF? Yes. Yeah, not to, <laughs> not to be confused with Duke Nukem from uh, Captain Planet. <laughs> Right, yeah, he was like a garbage man wrestler. That there was like yeah. a time in the WWF where like they were all occupations, right? Kane the like, dentist, yeah, the right? dentist, yeah, yeah. You you had the goon, the hockey player, so it's like all these people who were just the IRS agent, the yes, Repo Man. Yes, that was one of the better ones. Yes. Repo Man. Do you know that Repo Man was one of the demolition repackaged? Do you oh, remember yeah, Demolition yeah. Axe and Smash? That was Smash. Yep. yep. <laughs> And then he turned into to, to Repo Man, which some people actually like. I um, mean, Kane the Dentist became Kane, uh, you know, Undertaker's no, no, brother. He was, no, no, no. He was, I just Isaac, remember, Isaac, Isaac Yankum. Yankum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was Isaac Yankum. Oh, okay. So anyways, so I, it's got to be the shoes. Duke the Dumpster Drossy would be proud. Um, don't you have anything better to do you, with your time? And that's when you beat the game. Uh <laughs> And then finally, Linux is for losers, and that's to feed all the penguins on one of the lava levels. Oh, man. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, also, yeah. I wanted to, I, I don't think I got to shout him out, but the composer was Matt Furness. I did want to mention that. I think you did mention that. And I'll say this, too, that a lot of people think that, the for what it's worth, that the Genesis version is better based on the music alone. That, that, that yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And and you know what's funny is I think he did compositions for both, but the Genesis version just sounds better. Um, and I think the only things that was lacking from the Genesis version comparatively was I think in the Super Nintendo version, it actually tells you what sort of enemies you're going to face. And I don't think the status bars in the same place. Yeah, th they don't have the status bar. You, I did get the Genesis version. Don't ask me how the games broke, but I did get that to show up. I did get the enemies. Like, if you select the level, you, they'll actually have the enemies march out to show you what's what you'll face oh. on that level. But usually, what happens is you're so you're so eager to play this wonderful game, you just hit start before they show I, up. I so. did, and I and I was also like, what what's happening here? Because you literally start the game up, and you're like, I have no concept of what's going on. There's a picture of a you know, there's a house, there's an owl thing, I think. Um, and in unlike almost every other game based on a cartoon property there's no like opening cutscene to yeah. tell me what's going on yeah it's, <laughs> which was it's, like every game in the genesis era when i first played the game i thought like 
when a new portal opened, you'd, you'd do a new section of the house, but they just reused the two sections of the house, which also is confusing at first. Yeah. Upstairs and downstairs, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, well, hey uh, wait, okay. before, before we do that, you know, because in honor of your dad jokes, where does a penguin keep its money? Where? In a snowbank. <laughs> yes. I didn't have any dad jokes. I just completely lost that. I don't know what happened this episode. So thank you for picking up my slack. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So we're going to ask the stupidest question ever on this podcast. Is the Adventures of Mighty Max a gym? Is this game of Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? So we had some listener feedback, uh, very interesting stuff. And if you guys would ever like to submit your feedback, join our group over at facebook.com slash group slash spitbrothers. And uh, we had, let's see, six comments. It wasn't, a, wasn't very many, but I'd like to read those for you. Uh, the first one comes from Nick DeMarco, and he says, As a brave reviewer of said filth, no Sega fan can sanely say this is anything but garbage. Uh, Nathan Cooper says no idea but I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys think Uh, so Nathan sorry you're probably in for a disappointment there Uh, Timmy Mack says you hinted at bad but dang guys well it has it all walking jumping and cheap level design and enemies I'll say garbage (laughs) Uh, Nick Palmero says what a shame love the cartoon garbage Uh, Sean Lane says I had the snake poly pocket (laughs) and uh Aaron Hickman says, I may have to sit this one out. <laughs> Spoiler, I didn't. Sorry, oh. guys. Spoiler, you didn't. And uh, did you guys read any of the reviews on this? Uh, I looked at numbers real briefly on Moby Games, and it didn't look very pretty. Yeah, quite funny. There, there was a couple who rated it kind of high, and I'm going to read that just for fun. Um, actually, I'm not because it's in a different language. But, uh, <laughs> no, Google it. Translate, my friend. I want yeah. you to do it in that language. Do the best yeah. you can. <laughs> but the, the highest rating that's not in a different language actually comes from EGM. They rated it a 48, which is 48 out of 100. And it says, an incredibly slow and potting game. Mighty Max has control that needs some serious help, and levels aren't very appealing. The concept is kind of cool, but the execution just isn't there. Uh, honestly, that was a kind of too nice EGM. Uh, that was in February of 1995. Okay, I found the text for that review you're talking about. Hour Unlimited, and I put it into yep. Google Translate. Uh, it looks like it's in German, probably. It says, Mighty Max is a nice game. Playable. <laughs> playable. <laughs> and with a sense of sense of humor, where? Uh, the beginning and the end are a bit disappointing, but everything in between is definitely worth the player. <laughs> wow what game were they playing i yeah, would say the best parts are like the opening and ending song and like that's it <laughs> my goodness i enjoyed the review more and and the, the what'd you say this was a uh, german yes let's see mighty max is on lecker spell chica yeah gold spelled the bar and met gavel for humor and if i just swore in in the german i apologize i try not to it's not my thing Het begin, het ende, vala, vat, tangen. Oh, tangen. Oh, no, that's tagen. Okay, never mind. Oh. The word no. zits in there, so that's cool. No swear gamer, only injured. Yes. <laughs> Where available. Oh, boy. So, um, um, this is going to be kind of easy. Uh, game's definitely garbage. Uh, 
I so when we go over the rankings, uh, I think I did enjoy it a little bit more than some of our garbage, but uh, it's not definitely not at the top of our garbage list. But uh, it's not quite going to be one I play. I'm going to keep the game just because it's kind of fun to have in my collection. It's a uh, you know, going to be a fun one to remember this review and to, to always have in there. But un- unless it goes like for crazy price, I'll definitely re- resell it. But, um, <laughs> My memory of you guys is really important. Unless it's worth more than 20 bucks, then it's gone. Exactly. Exactly. 20 bucks, you know. But, yeah, it's garbage. I, I, I think there could have been some bright spots. Like like Aaron was saying, you can kind of play this game and, and not really think about it. So that there, there's that. Um, so it's, it's, it's not super. It's not super frustrating, I guess. Um, I, I did sit here and play it for a while while I was on a conference call at work. Don't tell my boss. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there you go. It's garbage. What do you all think? Could you imagine if you lost your job because <laughs> you were playing my mess? <laughs> 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 There's your retrofitted achievement. Pull a nick. Get fired for playing this game. Right. <laughs> Sign up for unemployment. <laughs> Play Mighty Max while on a conference right. call. Right. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I wonder if they even know you do a podcast. You're like, it was for a podcast. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> I got the coolest boss in the world. They'd probably laugh there. That. Well, that's that's where when you have the boss key, right? Yeah. <laughs> Spreadsheets just come up. Yep, yep. The boss well, key. For what it's worth, I'll just share that on my rankings. Out of I've reviewed 54 Genesis games. And it's 52. Um, I put Actually 52. Yeah. Wow, that's very fitting. It belongs there. Uh, <laughs> so Winter Challenge, I put just above it. And I put Balls with a Z, which I don't think you guys have covered yet. That's like Not that yet. 3D fighter. I thought that was a terrible game. <laughs> and I put my bottom game, sorry, Rob, is Chester Cheetah Too Cool to Fool. Oh. So that's it's kind of like in that kind of realm for me. Yeah, those licensed uh, action games. Whew. Yeah. Chester Cheetah is still good on our list. I might have to just change that and not let Rob know. You know, <laughs> Rob has been on the show long enough for for him to have a, an honest say. He would find out somehow. <laughs> he would. <laughs> but when I could, I couldn't get, like I said, I couldn't get your list to work in my browser for oh, I some think reason. Nick will, sh- Nick will share his screen, and I think... Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on the browser. But Nick, do you want to share your list for us at least? I'm going to. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, spoiler alert: I think the game is uh, <laughs> a turd. <laughs> it's a turd sandwich. Yeah, um, I have nothing more to say on that subject. <laughs> oh, by the way, that means it's garbage. Uh, just <laughs> in case you didn't know. Yeah, you can see my screen here too. I I, I translated yeah. that as well. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I lost the other screen. How do I get back to it? Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> Wait, why are you only showing the bottom half? We should be looking at the top half. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, I was just looking at these guys. This is a diamond in the rough. So we don't have many garbage listeners. If you go to uh, bitbrosnetwork.com, you'll see that there are how many here? Count that up for me, Google. I don't even see a count, but there's not very many garbage. We got Shaq Fu, like Last Battle. Eight, ba- eight yeah. <laughs> Shaq Fu, Last Battle, Slaughter Sport, which I think I called Bloodsport earlier. Uh, Barney's Hide and Seek Game, Technocop, Last Action Hero, Sword of Sodan, and Heavy Nova. So, um, it, it's, it's kind of funny, Aaron. I go back. I kind of liked Last Action Hero a little bit better than I think I did. 
<laughs> you did, like huh? Have you played it lately? Yeah, I like the spin kick. That's you know crazy. what? I I will I will I will take your defense, Nick, because I actually streamed that game about five months ago. I was in a mood where I was just going through my collection, pulled out a random game. Let's stream this. It's a terrible game, but I liked yeah. it better than this. Let me, let me give yeah. you a preview of the soundtrack. Wow, 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 wow. That's the whole soundtrack. I about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I personally, I would rather play Last Action Hero. Um, sort of Sawdan. I actually remember renting that as a kid. I haven't played it recently, but I remember being in awe of the big graphics. Oh yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, oh, and I actually beat the game. I actually got a tiny bit of enjoyment. The controls are horrible. Oh. So, so I would actually say, for me personally, it would be in a battle with Heavy Nova for the bottom spot. And I haven't played Heavy Nova. Mm. That would that would be me. It's I, to me, it's more playable yes. than Heavy Nova and Sword of Sodan. Um, but I can see where Last Action Hero at least has a slight variety in the gameplay by introducing, you know, broken driving levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. And bosses. That, that's and it. Because last, last Action Hero has bosses. So I, does, I'd say has... that's the deciding factor right there. And Arnie. Come on. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's... Yes. You know, points. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm voting that it goes as the new number 81 and then Heavy Nova becomes 82. Because I, I can play this more than Heavy Nova, but I did enjoy Sword of Sodan more than, than my I think ass. we're going to have to re-rank some of these goods to to garbage, or at least maybe, yeah. I don't know, rubbish, like refuse. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did it, California games get below Chester Cheetah? I can't figure or the, that out. Or they just missed the garbage can, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you threw them in there and they just missed. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so bad. I don't know why. Well, if I'm the deciding vote, then I'd say put it over Heavy Nova, but I would go with Nick. Just, I mean, that's splitting hairs. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the the one thing that would push push it is the soundtrack. But, hey, you could turn off music and 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 uh, yeah, I, I would say, um yeah, put it at 81 Heavy Nova 82. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll decide it if that's OK. That's fair. All right. Well, for some reason, my uh, Google, I'm not logged in, so I'll have to change that later. <laughs> but yeah, so I forgot to lay the gavel down. Number one, we're laying the gavel down. The Adventures of Mighty Max on the Sega Genesis is garbage. And it becomes the new 81. Heavy enough will be 82. So there you go. We got some more garbage on this list, y'all. Are y'all proud of us? Probably not. You probably didn't, you probably didn't make it this far in the episode. <laughs> if you made it, I, I tell you what, if you made it this far in the episode... Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. I will send you a prize. If, if <laughs> the first person who makes it this far in the episode, you will get a free Genesis game. I'm not going to tell I, you what it is yet. <laughs> and I am sending an email right now because I deserve a prize. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Phil deserves two or three prizes. <laughs> you know, I've got a copy of uh, Winter Challenge. <laughs> I think we were going to cover that one time. Wait, why do we both have a copy of that game? <laughs> Weren't we going to cover that when, like, Winter Olympics happen? And we just well, guess it... what's about to happen. <laughs> exactly. This is true. I think, I, if you guys don't have a plan, I think you just came up with your next game. You need more garbage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that I game think, hurts. I think you're right. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Mighty Max, this was a, a fun episode. It was a fun recording episode. It wasn't a fun prep episode, if that <laughs> makes sense. It's like when you have to prep for, like, a colonoscopy. Right? <laughs> It's about the same procedure, right? <laughs> Just a little more fun. So would colonoscopy on the Sega CD be more enjoyable than Mighty <laughs> Oh, you're talking about microcosm, right? Because they're the <laughs> same thing. 
I'm not going to besmirch the good name of Sewer Shark, um, but Microcosm does look like the inside of a column. A column. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, there you have it, guys, <laughs> for the Genesis Gems podcast. And uh, a big thanks to the No Swear Gamer, Phil, for coming on and, uh, and uh, <laughs> going through that with us. But uh, please go check uh, all the great videos he has. He's on Patreon. Um, we'll put all those links in the show notes. And uh, make sure you check out his uh, review on uh, Adventures of Mighty Max. Some great jokes in there. And I, I really I actually enjoyed that more than uh, most uh, about every other video I saw out there. So love your content, Phil. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you very much. And, and, and keep that up. So we'll I'm put all those I'm glad to know there. the pain was worth something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his, uh, his humor is very similar to mine. So I enjoyed that. But uh, uh, Aaron, anything you want to end with? Are you uh, any projects you're out there working on? Uh, you, you a- oh, there was one thing. It was uh, YM2020, which is Sega Genesis Music on a cartridge. It got released uh, a couple months ago, and you can go grab it on Cat Skull Records uh, on that website. We'll put a link to it, and I have a song on there, so you can go check that out. And uh, I actually am finally doing a music project. I started a Kickstarter. Um, it's still active, but I've already met my goals. So don't even worry if, if you listeners out there, um, <laughs> you don't even need to worry about uh, donating anything because I exceeded my goal pretty quick. So thanks to everyone out there. If any of you all listen to that, some of our listeners did donate. So that's really cool. But uh, I'm writing an album right now. I got about five songs recorded. Um, so hopefully by this time next year, I'll have some uh, CDs and um I wanted to do CD just because it's, it's physical, but my, my music will be on iTunes and Spotify and all that fun stuff. But I'm basically writing the music, uh, doing the guitar, the bass, uh, the drums and everything, and I'm having other people sing uh, over the song. So hopefully, Aaron, you and I can do a little collaboration. I got some ideas we'll, yeah. we'll, talk, we'll talk about later for sure. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put the link on there if you all want to see the Kickstarter. Uh, if, you know, again, no pressure because I've already, I've already met my goal. was real, real uh real blessed to have that many supporters uh, to do that so basically I, I just wanted to raise money so I could put the the uh, get the CD in production and then also uh, a good friend of ours Johnny Townsend from uh, Retro Bliss he's actually going to uh, draw my cover art for me so I, I wanted a cool cartoon Nick uh, <laughs> on the front of it I'm very lighthearted with that stuff so I like his style so he's got some good art out there so um, yeah go check that out uh, and that's really all I've got awesome Cool. I didn't even know I was collaborating with you, so that's. Well, yeah, well. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll figure it out. I figured you'd uh, you'd hit me up. Uh, no, I'd, I'd be happy to work with you. Just like, you oh, guys buddy. should you guys should make a song called Mighty Max Jumps Really High, in the style <laughs> of They Might Be Giants. I I would I, that. I would I, I love They Might Be Giants, so I'm I'm game. Uh, <laughs> the last time I was thinking about, it, I was like, wait, the last time Nick and I did a song together, like he threw a solo. On uh, it was the Retro Junkies, I think it was the mini oh, theme song dude. we had going. I wrote a song for that. You wrote a solo for me. Yeah, and I, I threw like a really bad USB mic in front of a really bad guitar amp. So, <laughs> well, I mic'd up my acoustic guitar <laughs> for the guitar. So you know, yeah. all there. I don't have like the best you know, uh, studio now, but I, I do sound probably ten times better than I used yeah, to. <laughs> same here. Yeah, cool. It's all good. All right. Well, guys, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Thanks again, Phil. Thanks, Aaron. And uh, with that, we'll catch you all later. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being a jam. Played you once and now I'm back again. Your card is true. 
You're the pearl in my Sega world And if we threw a party Invited all the hosers we knew You would see the greatest game would be for me I put the car 